0: Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we bring to you uh, the newest stories uh, of the Gundam Universal Century in more or less chronological order. Uh, this week we are covering uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt Bandit Flower, the uh, anime, and we're going to touch on the manga, but for the most part, um, we're going to leave the manga for uh, the a follow on episode we're going to we've we've all been kind of reading through the uh chapters or volumes four through i think 12 is out right now or 13 i can't remember um yeah. but we're reading through those and we're going to cover those in subsequent episodes um so you guys get a little bit more in-depth uh coverage on that yeah uh, and i
1: think this is maybe a good time to give our little programming note we've been doing almost all just anime but i think the approximate plan is to backtrack to some other one year war manga so it's going to mess up our chronological approach a little bit uh, but I think for uh, some of the stuff that we got going on it's going to be a little bit easier to prep and record for manga than having to sit down and and watch television for a bit so if you were looking forward to that 0083 stuff uh, it's going to be a little bit
0: it's coming but not yet dragons are coming (laughs) We got to, We got a, you know. Pay Should we re- name it uh, from the one-year war to the never-ending war? <laughs> that's pretty much. Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure that we cover the one-year war for more than a year before we move on.
1: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, that's good. Or we, you know what? We can we can
1: start double o eighty three. Just no matter what, we'll just jump ahead to that when the new Top Gun comes out.
0: <laughs>
1: God, that looks bad. I thought that was a parody.
0: You know, you know, what's funny is I, I didn't actually get to introduce, but Scotty still got his his uh, rant in.
1: <laughs> this is no one's first episode.
0: <laughs> that and is- if
1: it is, hi, I'm Scotty P. I'm an asshole. It's <laughs> <laughs> a
2: weird place to start.
0: <laughs> I'm sure somebody is going to just be like, oh, man, I just watched bandit flower. Now I'm going to go, like, listen to this podcast about it. No, oh, they just turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's go ahead and get started. Um if you're following along in the manga, it starts in in volume 4 of the manga. At the end of uh December Sky, it kind of gives like a a flash forward uh a little bit uh, to the battle of the Baoku. Um you also see the Zeongs Um, And then it kind of ends and we kind of discussed last time that we thought maybe they were going to originally make um, December sky kind of like a one shot thing. um, And then they just kind of like kept going. Um, So the whole first part of, um, of bandit flower is about a coup. Um, Yeah.
1: And I, I tripped out the first time I watched it, I thought, so you have that, Shot of the, I don't know whatever that one unit is, the Federation unit. They're inside of Awaku, and they're taking out those uh, Zaku's, which are the Royal Guard Zaku's because you can tell from the uh, the gold trim yeah, around.
0: Yeah. Gold
1: Yep. So, oh, look at that! Oh, that vocabulary drop.
0: Luke <laughs> is a pro with with this stuff.
1: Man, uh, that's good. That's good. I feel dumb. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so. Good evening. It's the, it's the only time you ever really get to see those because there are in, you know, like MSV stuff. There's a lot of you know, variations like that for the Zobbies and whatnot. Dozels is very cool looking. Uh, these might be almost exactly like his, but the unit that is shooting up that one, like, why do he stop to reload? I mean, he knew, had to know exactly what was going to happen, but they have a insignia on the shoulder of those gun tanks, as much as a gun tank can have a shoulder, you know, and the other units that was a, it looks like a white wolf or a white dog. And I had forgotten what it actually looked like. So, my first whole viewing of the movie, I was like, I can't believe they put the white dingo squad in here from the Dreamcast game. But <laughs> it, it's not, it's not. The white dingo squad has a completely different, um, completely different little logo badge thing. And I think they only operated in Australia.
0: So, oh well. In this one battle in Abaku, <laughs> you never know. Um, yeah, so we see an emo kid um, and and a, and a Fed woman fighting in space. We get to see like lots of cool jazz going on in this uh, battle. We kind of get like a different perspective. Um, it, it, it the whole feeling that you get from both the manga and the anime which I think is really cool. They do it in slightly different ways, but you know, Zeon is just like being picked off at this point. Like they they have fewer forces and the Federation is basically like, um, at one point they have a bunch of, uh, GMs in like phalanx position, like just taking the shots from, from the Royal guard Zaku. And then as soon as he like stops to reload, they do exactly like you know, what a phalanx would do. they, you know take their swords out, stab, and come back uh, except they do their stabbing with guns uh, um, guns uh, yeah yep, yep.
1: It, the thing I like about it, I think it plays thematically well with the uh, the stuff we see in origin with artesia with the chaos going on because mobile suit Gundam it focuses so much on your main characters and what's happening with them and what's happening with the white base that you get a little bit of the feeling that it's this big battle, but Stuff like this to me helps increase the scope of it. Of just how big this battle is meant to be.
0: I skipped a scene because it meant so little to me. Do you remember what scene I skipped?
2: The end scene? Not where
1: EO's naked.
0: No, the little kid scene.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, that... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I there's,
0: there's like some random scene with like... Some kid talking, and the the only thing I got out of it, um, and I'm I'm sure if I read the manga a little more carefully as we go on, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Scotty. The will recognize the necklace as the one that the old lady is wearing that seems to have some level of like importance throughout the show.
2: Yeah, it so... wasn't representative of the the seven order, whatever the cult is.
1: She, it's an incense burner that she gave to all the kids at the new type lab.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, my, uh, I'm tripping up. I, the implication of that, that I took is that the woman on the bed is captain Monica and kid is so John Levin. we just don't know that yet. And it's like a flashback, but um, whatever.
0: Do, do they show that anywhere in the manga at any point? that I, you're I,
1: No, I don't recall that at all in the manga. Yeah.
0: That's what it's. I think that's because i I had read up through a handful of the mangas, uh, like, six months ago. And I don't remember ever like linking that in my head. So yeah, there's a scene with a bunch of weird kids, um, probably like new type kids. Okay. Um, and the only reason I, I flashed back to that was because um, once we see like some of this battle, we we see a flash. We're back in a Ba coup and actually we're in Solomon at this point um, for a brief view of this old lady who's wearing the same sort of necklace that you saw in the very opening scene um, who seems to be kind of barking orders to um, people around her about the battle and, and things like that. Um, and, and here's, this is, this is the, the scene right after this. And this is the only reason I noted this is for like anybody that's watched this and and hasn't read the manga. You see like a handful of very quick flashes, um, that you, you see somebody in a tube, you see somebody like floating around, um, and it looks like it's the doctor maybe or something along those lines. It's just not very well enunciated. And it's like in the, in the anime, it's like a quarter of a second.
1: Yeah. So this is one of the, the themes that I think we're going to have for this is with December Sky, you have something that I think is a very good adaptation of its source material. With Bandit Flower, quite frankly, you do not. And this to me is one of the parts that is very poorly done. Because you just have no idea what... Like, I watched this as anime before reading it, and, man, I had no idea what was happening right here. You kind of pick up that it's Carla in the tube, uh, but then the rest of what's happening and who it is and where they are, it it doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, so... We talked about this a little
2: bit last time, um, about how it was such a concise... uh, uh, side story and that they didn't it seemed like they didn't think they were going to get to do any more animation i feel like they had the exact opposite thought with this one where they're like we're going to get to do a lot more so uh, it's right it, like we're going to do a lot more and then that was uh what four years ago
0: no it, this is only about two yeah. years old at this point
2: yeah the original ona was that that long ago
0: no, I want to say the blue blu-ray is about two years old at this point the
1: The blu-ray is like a year old if that, uh, because I remember sending you guys the watch order for this, yeah, mm-hmm. and it wasn't out yet, so it's a little over a year old on the blu-ray. We're uh, on the u s cheap blu-ray, not the Japanese hundred dollar 4k <laughs> or whatever it was, um, which I did not do on this one, thankfully uh, so yeah it, it this is relatively new. Uh, This was season two of the net animation. Uh, But if we go back to season one of the net animation or December sky, that was, that does feel like a while ago
2: now.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we'll kind of, I want to cover what we see in the anime and then we'll kind of like say what's really happening here because again, we'll cover more of this when we cover the manga, but like it, it's hard to watch this and actually understand what's happening. Um, so like we see Lorenz, uh, Daryl Lorenz fighting. Um, he's in a, in a mobile suit. He's not fighting very well. Um, he's, he's, he's using not, his he's not, appendages to yeah. manually pilot. He's not using the, uh, crazy Saikamu nonsense. Yeah. The psycho Zaku is out of commission. They don't have it anymore. Um, and then we also see, again, this, we're all still kind of in like that, that 30 second clip at the very end of um December sky we see EO escaping shooting a bunch of guards and um getting out of a bawaku um and then we also see a a, a very brief um flash of the federation capturing uh Ziyang, the, the Zeongs and getting access to the sycamores um so i think I'm going to scroll to the manga portion that I took notes for this because it it just...
1: What happens here, and this is why I think Lane is a little bit tripped up, and I don't blame him whatsoever for this, because the manga and this anime go in wildly different order. Yeah. They cover... So this movie covers volumes four, five, and six and the first couple chapters of uh, volume seven, if you're going by the English volumes that have been released. And being that this is legally released, I would encourage you to please go and buy it so that we can get more stuff like that. Anyway, uh, it goes in a very, very, very different order after the Abawaku scenes. Things are just uh, wildly, wildly in, in a different sequence. I almost want to say that after Abawaku, the next scene in the anime is maybe in volume 6 of the manga, uh, or, or at least volume 5. Like, it's there's some jumping ahead,
0: but
1: and then they, back. And, then, and
0: yeah. they present things in the anime concurrently that don't happen concurrently in, in the manga.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, which is really weird. So what I was going to get at was, um, and they don't actually cover this very much at all in, in the anime. So Zeon actually got the remnants of the full armor Gundam. And they also had the doctor and they were able to successfully pull that out of a Bawa coup. Uh, and they say and there's there's hinting later on that, hey, we've got all of the data from the full armor Gundam. If we can rebuild the the Psycho Zaku, we're going to like have all of this advantage because we have everything, you know, like we have, will have our most powerful suit with data from their most powerful suit. So that's, that's one of the things that is very different in the anime um, that just is confusing and those flashes to them having the doctor and all that stuff, it's just very poorly done. Um, so nevertheless, um, Zeon gets the full armor Gundam and Federation gets the Zeongs and the technology that's in them. Um, and actually, the one thing that i thought that they did so, a, be, a little bit better than in the manga was this scene where we hear weird cult noises um during the the battle cleanup because it 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 kind oh. of introduces the i yeah i know they suck it's it's i
1: like, fucking hate those noises
0: it's it's a <laughs> terrible plot device but it does no, i'm not un- even talking
1: about the cult just the noise <laughs> just the noise I, it, it's, oh, no, it's awful.
0: Yeah, but, like, I feel like they introduced the cult a little bit better. Like, the very initial introduction is done better in the anime because you see these bald guys that are basically flying around in balls, taking everybody's dead bodies, um, escape capsules, wrecked me- uh, mobile suits. Um, and it's weird. Like, the- there's no context initially. Yeah. Part of this... Th- Pisses me off when you read the manga. Is you see, somebody tell me who was saved that they completely left out of the anime? Uh,
1: um the the dude pal, dude, yes, bro. What, yes. what was his name? Sexton. Yes, sir, thank you. I knew it was something ten. I was like, what was the first part? I forgot. Sex. <laughs> Talking about Gundam, okay. It's
2: the last thing in my
0: mind. Yeah, and, yeah. in the anime, he's completely left out. Completely
1: yeah. left out. No, they... they Wait, no. Towards the end, one guy shows a picture of him to someone else, and they're like, look, he's with the S.J. Lens. They're like, eh, hey, they got him too. Hey.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly like that. So the anime very, very much covers that. So um, when... At the end of um, December Sky, he was able to escape uh, for, into an escape pod, and then Psycho Cult uh, finds his escape pod... And then, like, he basically spills his guts to him, saying, like, hey, I've got all the Saikamu data from the psychozaku, uh, or all the data. We can rebuild the psychozaku." yada, yada, yada. And these guys are like, whoa, that's cool. Um, and then at the same time, and this is probably time for Scotty's rant, um, we see Claudia show up, and she is grabbed by the cult. But I'm this, going... again, does not happen in the anime.
1: Yep. You know what? Let's. When when she shows up in the anime, I'm gonna dump it all out, so let's move on for
0: now. All right. I, I'm just waiting. Like I am I'm, I'm in anticipation. Um all right, so who's done. Um body cleanup's done. We are back on Earth now. Um we we see uh Sydney, which is I think eight months after the war. Yeah, it's been eight months, right?
1: Yeah, we're we're into Yeah, it's what, August 0080? Yeah. Getting into September, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's eight months after the war. Um, Xeon soldiers are flying their battleships over Sydney, and then Federation catches them and sends some core fighters after them. Um, Basically showing that, you know, fighting has not really stopped, despite the truce.
1: Question for you guys. Did you really, really need to see a
2: core fighter battle? Ever, you're saying? Do we need to, or do we want to? Or Did you want to? Uh, I, it was one of those things that I enjoyed it. I didn't really ever okay. sit around thinking I wanted to see it.
1: Okay, <laughs> it just seemed it seemed really pointless.
0: I and I feel with Bandit Flower, um, the action scenes are not as well orchestrated not even from like a visual standpoint, just from like a plot standpoint, they yeah. are boring.
1: <laughs> so yeah, visually they're gorgeous, right? The production is still very good during the fight scenes. And in fact, I think some of the animation during the not action fight scenes suffers for it. I think that's where they put the effort into it, which is, you know what, that's fine. The presentation's still good on that. That's probably what we're all here for. One of my, I think, sorry, and let me me start this point over. One of the things in the manga that as we've gotten into volume 12 is grading on me is it slows down. It's, you can go a whole volume and have one fight scene. If that there are some where there are not any, and it is nothing but dialogue character development and a crawling plot development. Uh, And I think these fight scenes, and I think this is one of the reasons this goes so out of order is it's that, I'm imagining this as the net animation episodes. All right, this week we need to have an action scene. And this is one of the things that, especially golly, especially when you get into Zeta, like every week there's a fight scene and some of those things are pointless. They're there so that the kids watching will want to go buy model kits, but they don't serve any purpose in the plot. And that, that continues in other shows. Uh, You know, Double Z does it. V does it. Mobile Suit Gundam did it. We know why it's fine. It's you know it moves it on, but they are lacking in some of the substance that makes them important uh, within the story. And I feel like December Sky compensated for a lot of that and was paced in a way to take care of it, or at least give you a little bit of context. But I think this is one of those. It's just like
0: when I watched December Sky, it felt more like hey, this is a snapshot of a sector during the war. Um, And then the follow-on Thunderbolt stuff so far has felt like, all right, now we're going to follow these characters. Yes. And and fine, but you built up my expectations with, like, really awesome content, and then it's it's followed on with, like, okay content. Right yep um so yeah we go back um and we see daryl on earth um he is walking on the beach unfortunately he still has uh four prosthetic limbs and no doctor to bang on the beach like he had in his uh but you can tell by his smile that he's so happy now he does he seems right he's turning to rust (laughs) he seems a lot more chill um, and, relaxed. and and they don't say it, I don't think, in the anime, but in the manga they mention that he has basically gone through, during this previous eight months, he's gone through rehab, and he has gone through um, Earth-based mobile suit training. So uh, he knows how to pilot in gravity now. Uh, um,
2: subsequently in the water.
0: Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, he, he seems to really like it, even more so than most of his uh, his uh, compatriots. Like They're all complaining that it's bright and hot, and he's like, oh, this is awesome. Um, but he's also really famous at this point, because um, he survived the Thunderbolt uh, area, and not many people did. And it's, he is also known for piloting the Psycho Zaku.
1: Well, and taking out the full armor Gundam.
0: Yeah, he seems to be kind of famous um, amongst his crew
2: for being it. It seems like he's the only survivor. I don't know if they did a better job of that
0: in the manga, but they kind of made it seem like he was the only survivor. I I think I think the implication is he is a survivor and there were not many. And he is known as like an ace pilot because even Mm -hmm. even if he wouldn't have piloted the Psycho Zaku, I think he would have come out as an ace pilot because he was so good at sniping. So, but um, would he have
1: gotten a two rank promotion? (laughs) No, (laughs) (laughs) make it three. No, Uh, no, I I think one of the guys that's still in his unit was in the Living Dead division. I don't remember their names right now.
0: Yeah, so everybody's base. This is like his unit at this point. Um, all like he's leading the unit, he has a few pilots that are with him, but he he is the. He's still an ensign, I think. Um, I can't remember. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're calling each other by their ranks, but this is Zeon Remnants. So the organization of them is uh, its tenuous at best, which is also shown better. Yeah.
0: Um, but we do get to see Ensign Billy, who is smoking cigarettes and has a long emo haircut. So, you know, he's going to be important later on.
1: Dead on. Yep.
2: <laughs> I noticed uh, it was funny because he's like, "Hey, it's bad for you to smoke," and he's like, "Don't worry, I'm not hurting the environment." Yeah,
1: yeah. There's fresh air on
2: Earth. It'll be fine.
0: <laughs> um, so now we're back, and we get to see. Uh, we we meet, and uh, we're in space. We meet Bianca Carlisle. She is a new pilot. She is a former gun tank and now an RX-79 pilot she doesn't like what 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 was it she was complaining about she didn't like some suit because it just had a fancy head
2: the new um i think it was the new GMs or whatever had the fake Gundam heads like the yeah. replica Gundam heads and she said she liked her uh what was it Gun Cannon Aqua
1: yeah he- she's essentially taking a shot at like the whole ground Gundam thing where it was those like modified GMs with Gundam heads and spare parts from the various RX 78 units and prototypes.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So they're launching from space um, and they're, they're going down to earth and uh, of course she's a hotshot pilot. So she unbuckles her seat and crawls around and, while they're reentering Earth. So you get the impression that she is not the sharpest cookie in the cookie jar. Um,
1: not at all. <laughs>
0: um, and then during this reentry, she is, the, the, you see a kamikaze attack ordered against the Federation from, from some of the Zeon remnants. Um, and again, this whole thing, like, I'm trying to ignore the manga in my head because... This, this doesn't happen. This does not
1: happen here in the manga, but what they wanted to do was introduce you back to Io and yeah. his new fancy ass Atlas Gundam, which is it's
2: actually really cool. The Atlas is pretty. Damn which, 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 the yeah, Atlas is an
0: awesome. Which Gundam. again, they don't introduce Io. They so this is, this is continuing a trend we talked about um, in in the
1: lost episode.
0: No, no, and it, it, even in the, the recorded episode, is they, they demonize Io to a point that it's like it just doesn't make sense because there's a whole scene in the manga that kind of brings him, like, it doesn't redeem him much, but it gives him character building, like, yeah. he, you see him... At um Claudia's grave, he like more the, the whole Moore colony has been rebuilt at this point. Um you he sees he meets um Claudia's brother, he meets his sister, and like and here it's just like Alright, we see a mobile suit launch, it's got these awesome ski thruster things, and it cuts a Xeon ship in half, and then we hear it's called the RX 78AL. Uh also known as the
2: Atlas, yes. Which Atlas. has, um, it's got a very wildly different design than the actual, like, normal Gundam. Um, the big thing that they changed was they implemented these, um, what do they call them, like, orbital joints or something like that?
0: Yeah, they were Not orbital joints. joints. Yeah, they were orbital joints that were based off of the Xeon, I want to say. Uh, One of amphibious ones. Yes.
1: Just, yes. just generally the amphibious units, yeah. yeah. Because there are a lot of, even honestly, this is, this is kind of impressive here. This keeps up into Unicorn. Gundam remnants, excuse me, Zeon remnants have a lot of leftover amphibious
0: shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, if you think back to it, like, how do they have so many mobile suits and such a variety of, like, builds for a war that it lasted a year, but effectively it was less than a year? I mean, yeah. If you're, if you're talking about like ten, twelve months, something like that. Well, so it, like it was a year, but again, like your time to like spin up and like start building new prototypes of mobile suits, like what the hell?
1: <laughs> well, and you you've got, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. No, that that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, you know, how would they? How do they stay hidden out for so long and in so many places and such force and I think a lot of that is not only from, like, you know, when you get into the Neo Zeon Wars, like, obviously they would probably have places they could go and be safe or contribute or get their shit tuned up if they're helping out. Uh, you know, the Federation being generally lazy. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's the whole point of 0083 and, like, the Titans being formed, is, like, Gato is able to do really bad. I'm getting ahead, But, like, Gato is able to do something he just really shouldn't even be able to do because the Federation is being lazy, so then they're like, "Well, okay, now we'll have the secret police that can do the hard crap."
0: Yeah, and and there's also the implication that like Xeon is somewhat allowed to remain on Earth despite the the, the truce, but like they're constantly violating the tr- like agreements, so it's they're they're kind of like in a if you see them basically shoot at them because they're not doing anything good type thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think this work gets a little bit into maybe this is absolutely not my area of expertise, but I think this gets a little bit into portraying Xeon remnants as more of that decentralized force. Like what you see, you know, like what the U S has been attempting to fight in the middle East forever. Yeah. now, you know, for t- almost two decades now, uh, where they're able to still operate and thrive because they are very decentralized.
0: Yeah. And I can't remember what show it is that shows them kind of like, what? Which, which show is it where they get together? They basically pull all the xeon remnants together and as a as a single force out of the hiding. Is that Unicorn?
1: Yeah, that's in Unicorn. Yeah, yeah that that's when they're attacking the Torrington base yeah. with that um, that one mobile armor and all that.
0: Yeah, so these these guys hang out for a good, like, 15 years. <laughs> it's a while.
1: Yeah, and you see a little bit of it in Double Zeta because that part of Unicorn um, that you mentioned, that mobile armor is piloted by, uh, I forgot her name, but, you know, she's in that village in Double Zeta. Like, mm-hmm. she, like, grows up there, and then it's, you see her later in Unicorn where she's, like, been radicalized by the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of get the get the sense that, places like that remote village you just see one time or, you know, well, for a, like a couple episodes of Double Zeta would be a very easy place for these kinds of remnant forces to hide. And a lot of the Earth has got, undergone like desert desertification um, due to different things. Um, so a desert's like, also...
0: Pretty, colonies?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you, you have a desert, as we learn from Amaro, there's just sort of casually hiding the Gundam in the desert one time. It must be an okay place to do it. Yeah. Yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, this movie I don't
0: really like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we see more about the, the, this Atlas Gundam was funded by the Moore brotherhood. Um And again, I don't, I don't think I want to go too much into depth into the the missing scenes here about EO. I think we'll do that when we cover the manga. But just yeah. be aware that there's there's a lot.
1: Otogaki um, is into starting to turn around his character. Uh, the producers of the anime clearly are not.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they they left something that would have probably taken like five to ten minutes in the anime um, just completely out about EO's background um, up to this. Not really background, but like what happens. Um. Yeah. So, the Atlas Gundam was funded by the Morn Brotherhood. Yep. And the other pilots start. You know, when they see him get. You know, get back. They refer to him using the kids as shields. Um. In in that one battle, in um the Thunderbolt sector. So he he's not um the most well thought of person, and it it comes out that you know. Again, he's got a lot of leverage because of his family. Um, And, again, referring back to what was before, he had basically been demoted for destroying the full armor Gundam um, and was only brought back here through money and influence.
1: Yeah. they? I might be crossing the streams and getting way ahead, even in the manga. Is this the part in the manga where it's one of the other pilots you learn... Like her boyfriend died. Like she was in that force. No, with all the kids and no. Okay.
0: No. No. I think that's later.
1: I think I might be getting extremely way too far ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: um. So we we do learn about the this area in the South Seas that is trying to fight for its independence on Earth. Um. They're theoretically all- allied with the Federation, but. I think that's mostly the Federation saying that they're allied with them. <laughs> um, and we learned that they have the remnants of the psycho Zaku and this is the same group. Um, it turns out that was doing all of the space salvaging. So the, I guess the theory is while they're salvaging all of this stuff, they picked up the psycho Zaku, uh, but they don't know how to use it yet because it's incomplete and they don't have all of the tech. Um, despite the fact that they do have Dr. Sexton, um, And we also learn in a very brief scene before we actually see her is that um, uh, the doctor that uh, whatever her name is went insane. What's her name? Carla? Yes, Carla. Yeah. So Carla went insane. Um,
1: So the way it's explained is that she's regressed to the mental state of a prepubescent
0: yeah, oh, so they, they explain battle. that they explain that part later because that whole scene hasn't happened yet. They just okay. hear Yeah, they, they basically just say like um the doctor allegedly went insane and can't you know help Xeon out anymore.
1: I did not take notes. <laughs> None. Not a one.
0: So we we get our music scene. This is our our obligatory music scene. Um Io and Bianca meet um we see a whole bunch of flashbacks to the thunderbolt sector um and then Eo's is basically like hey girl you want to bang while we play some jazz and they they play music together movie duel yeah is the is the song i think
2: now oh. I, I was a jazz musician in high school and i've never heard of that so i don't know if that's a real song but it's a real song because it had music well, Let me rephrase it. I don't know if that was a song for this show or not. <laughs> well, that's another
0: question altogether.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, this scene is nice for me because you just—it's basically a uh, a quick way to go. Look, here's Eo and Bianca, a wonderful, perfect pair of idiots.
0: Yeah, yeah they yeah.
2: do seem perfect for each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it's quite sweet.
0: Um. <laughs> Yeah, so we jump to an underwater battle. Um, and so the Federation is in the water, uh, and they've got a bunch of balls in the water. And then <laughs> as yeah, as they're dipping in the water, Zeon jumps them,
1: and uh, they, they,
2: they
0: start blowing they them up.
1: suffer from shrinkage.
2: Speaking of uh, balls, did we acknowledge um, the tattoo scene? Let me skip no, not really. I just wanted to note that the uh, uh, the girl who was covered in tattoos, which uh, was kind of cool, the burn the burn mark tattoos I was qu- quite into that. But uh, she had a ball tattoo. I don't know if anyone else caught that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: As for whatever, uh, I don't remember what operations she said, but it was something or other. It Was her but first was, operation? Yeah, yeah. I don't think she even named it. But then, yeah, because it was right before she pointed to the one for Operation Star One.
0: Hmm. Yep. And they doing yeah, some dude's ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we see this giant underwater battle. Um, and Xeon's basically just wrecking the Federation at this point. Like they're tactically, the Federation is outmatched. Um, Zeon is, they're blowing up all of these icebergs, just taking out Federation suit after Federation suit. Um, and they obviously have a better handle on the underwater fighting than uh the federation does at this point um and uh we see Bianca get into a fight uh she gets in a fight with a gog, and it is uh it's a, it's a one of the cultists right at this point was it was a- so he's with the Zion remnants,
1: but we find out. Uh, a little bit after this part in the anime that he's sort of undercover with those uh, the South Seas Alliance, and uh, I also do not remember his name.
0: He has the funny eyebrows. Yeah.
1: Funny eyebrows guy.
0: Yeah. Um, but it's funny because e- even once they get out of water, the Gog is just basically landing hit after hit on Bianca. Um, and And if he wouldn't have done one of those it's plot, so I'm going to yell at you things. He would have um killed her, but uh because he allowed her to have time, she uh took the gog out, but her mobile suit got wrecked at the same time. She basically launched her her mobile suit, ripped her leg off, but managed to like cut his gundam or his uh gog into several pieces All right.
1: Yeah, that scene, this whole sequence in the manga is this pretty cool, not perfect but pretty cool long sequence that is told in non-chronological order and it really builds up tension well, like really well. You just you're dropped in with Bianca pointing her gun at this guy when they're outside of their suits and it just like that's the first thing you see and then it cuts backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. And the escalating tension is really great. Then you get to it here in the anime and not only is it shorter, but it is completely in chronological order and it's just token action scene. And there's some really cool moments to it, but it's just token action scene.
0: Yeah. So she, she's wrecked and, um, the Atlas Gundam shows up finally. Um, and actually, I thought the scene was pretty cool. Uh, so essentially, like, a bunch of Zagaks, um have these chain, like, chains, like bolas or something like that, that they wrap around the Atlas Gundam. And they com- pretty much completely immobilize them, and they just start wailing on him. And doing absolutely no damage to him, despite the fact, like, they've got him immobilized. Like, they're running up and just, like, smashing him in the face, smashing him in the arms. And um, then he's basically like, all right, well, I'm going to kill you guys now. <laughs> and he he launches, he uses rockets, he launches off. And this, this is one I didn't understand, because they didn't really explain it very well. But he shoots a bunch of pink crystals at them. And then they like blow up. Does the manga handle that any better? Does I don't. Say... Rem-
1: I don't remember. I honestly do not remember.
0: I want to look this up okay. because because it it doesn't make any sense to me what this pink weapon is. Um, Let's see if I can find it. I
1: have the book right in front of me. I don't know if I'll find it. Yeah, I'm trying to go back. I went too far. I went all the way to the Grublo. Um, yeah, it it just does not happen. <laughs> he he just shows up and he wastes some Zagoks and then it like he just kinda dives and starts going after the Grublo. Yeah,
0: it was weird. Yeah, So yeah, we don't know what the pink shit was in the anime. It's not explained very well. And I don't see anything on any wiki pages that says it shoots out magical pink dust that blows up Minofsky to death.
2: Minovsky something. Okay.
0: It's he fires he concentrated Minovsky particles yeah, at it's him. it's Minovsky beams. Is that Manofsky what it is? dust. Moon dust. Uh, I, no,
1: I, I don't have any idea where it is.
0: <laughs> All right, so one survives and goes underwater because the Federation can't fight underwater, right? Well, Atlas Gundam can. He has a giant sled that he can jump on and go underwater. It's got those um, uh, aqua joints too. Yeah. Well, he doesn't use the aqua joints from from the beginning. He he's like on a giant like underwater sled, like the. Like the sky surfboard or whatever you want to call it, um, but he takes the, he takes the un, the underwater Z- uh, zagak out, um, and then a, a, another ship starts coming after him, um, and he takes like a heavy hit from like a giant laser blast, um, but it, they eventually like him and that guy basically suicide into the water, um, but. The Atlas has gone gone too deep at this point, so he starts, like, suffering tons and tons of pressure damage. It's EO destroying another Gundam, but he uses sabers to shoot himself up some of the way and fails. <laughs> and eventually gets saved by Bianca, whose mobile suit wasn't working before, but now is good enough to, like, go underwater and save the Atlas.
1: Yep, so right here is where Charlie Brown music hits. Where you see Bianca's gun cannon aqua reaching down to grab the atlas, uh, and then it's kind of followed by like a little bit of a montage, and it's my favorite scene of the whole movie.
0: Uh, yeah, so we hear weird flamenco music, and we see uh, Daryl and and the doctor, um, and she calls him Daddy, which. Mm. Do you see his face then too You're like, Yeah
1: you should <laughs> You probably should feel bad
0: Yeah you feel really bad for Daryl Because he's like I want you to call me daddy But not in this way <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah Yeah So we find out that basically yeah, What Scotty had mentioned earlier Is she's reverted to her childhood psyche And they're basically Trying to rehab her Um but, you know, why why would you need to rehab the doctor full time with, with Daryl there when you can have him, like, running around and, like, shooting things in shitty mobile suits anyway?
1: Yeah. They're just going to inject her with drugs and stuff.
0: <laughs> this
1: scene is so compelling that during my rewatch, I was organizing bot-bots during this part.
0: Yeah. So, we learn something weird, which is unexplained at this point, but the South Seas cult does not use Minofsky particles. Is that just because of... They Break use... prayer. What's that? I guess they use prayer. <laughs> Do Minofsky particles, like, interfere with new type brain magic? <laughs> oh, Scotty looks so enthralled right now
1: yeah they don't need Minoski particles because they operate on the principles of bullshit and faith
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so Daryl gets an act guy, and uh the Xeon is going to attack the South Seas cults and like get they have got like a guy that they need to rescue out of there the The manga does a good job of explaining what happens here. The anime makes no fucking sense, and by the way. The beginning of this battle is, what, chapter, it is, it is like, volume four, pretty much.
1: Yeah, like it's after, way after, out of sequence here. This is way, way earlier in the manga.
0: Yeah, like, it's so confusing.
1: So like, th- confusing. this should all be before the fight we just saw.
0: Yeah. So, so I think this this bat this battle is the first few chapters of volume five. Um, which yeah, the, the
1: only thing I can think here is that they're setting up to make it look like the Federation and the Zeon remnants are coming around where the South Seas Alliance is closer to the same time. The only reason I could think they would do that is that there are, is some vague plan to continue this, but not continue it as far as to cover everything that the manga is doing, like maybe one more movie or two at most. But if you did two more movies, you would just not quite be caught up to the manga and it's still going. So that's the only reason I can think of for this weird jumbling around. But the first time I watched it, um, not yesterday, but the first time, so a year ago or whenever, uh, whenever the Blu-ray came out, uh, it was a Friday. And I was three beers in, and I was like, these beers were not that high gravity, right? But I was like, but I'm (laughs) totally lost. So, I mean, the next day, I was like, when I was sure, I was completely sober, I rewatched that part. I was like, nope, still didn't make sense.
0: Yeah, this this scene, it's not explained very well at all in the anime. Um, But yeah, so, and they add weird stuff too. um, Because again, I think they're trying... I think they're trying to make all of this stuff happen in parallel in the anime that doesn't happen in parallel in the manga. So, um, so we see Daryl is basically piloting an act guy, and he's basically acting as a um, radar station for the rest of the rest of the group. Um, and then his um, group happens upon. Uh, a small little village in, or not even a village, like two houses in the woods. They get everybody except for one kid, um, to just like surrender so that they can sneak into the village. And one kid gets away. And, um, of course, emo haircut guy's like, let's kill everybody. And, uh, Daryl's like, no, that's, that's fucking stupid. Um, But another guy turns his heat hawk on and starts a fire in the woods. And then the local cult troops start fighting against the Xeon mobile suits. I think I've got this right so far. If I say anything, like, absolutely wrong... I'm not gonna know. Just pretend that this is Bandit Flower anyways. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So... One thing we do learn um, in in the process of this that I'd hinted about earlier is the, the South Seas use both um, Zeon and Federation mobile suits. They basically use whatever they can get, um, which they they you know they ran their salvaging operations, and it makes sense why they have the Psycho Zaku and all that stuff. Um, and at, so at the same time in the anime, the uh, the the Federation troops are flying towards the South Seas. Uh, area because they know that the Xeon's there and the South Seas is like no you f- stay the fuck out we're not allies um, and then EOC's Claudia and everybody I thought she had died Q Scotty
1: including anime viewers alright All right, I've been saving this now some of this was in the December Sky episode until it Was never recorded, so Mm. uh, we got to defer all of this to right now. And uh, this is Scotty's rage. Oh my God! Yeah. So having my first experience with these was watching the anime, and then I read the manga later. So when you're watching the anime, there are some key points here because if you read the manga, you'll be thinking, "But this was foreshadowed," and you're right; it was it was and it was very clear and it never it never tried to pull this stupid fucking Judas twist on you okay like so in the anime when you have Claudia and what's his name in the beehive when it's going down he shoots her in her normal suit she's bleeding out of her normal suit and what did we say when this was not recording about bleeding in zero g it's, bad. it's very it's very bad uh so yeah, she's bleeding out of a normal suit, normal suit in Zero-G uh, with no obvious readily available recovery coming for her. And so there's a couple of things here about this scene in the anime that bug me. Uh, one of them is the way that they frame it and they have this camera cut. You can clearly see that one character is sort of blown out into space. Um, but you don't quite know who it is or you would at least have to slow it down or pause it to figure it out uh, because it isn't clear like is one of these characters still holding a gun or not because that would be an easy way to tell who was who. Claudia would be the one not holding a gun but in real time it's very hard to tell and there's also just no shot beyond that of anything Uh, or maybe there was but it's really quick and and never comes up again Uh, and then you see the ship blow up And you don't see any of her in the anime until here in Bandit Flower. There's no, so the manga has scenes like her floating through space foreshadowing, you know, after way after the fact in the battle, it has scenes of the, uh, go ahead, Lane.
0: And they don't specifically say she's alive or dead in those scenes. They show her body. She's, she doesn't look alive, but she doesn't look like. All torn up either so like it's foreshadowing but it's also like it could be hey this is her body floating in space it's not great foreshadowing it it keeps her in mind at least right right
1: and there's a scene uh like towards the beginning like if if bandit flower was a faithful adaptation and i say faithful i mean it it is mostly faithful um except for the details and some of the sequencing if it was a more faithful adaptation there would be a scene early on in it where you get, you don't quite know it's her exactly, but you get a similar body floating through space and, uh, the South seas Alliance picks it up and right. you know that it's a woman. And And you would think from the visual cue, then that's probably who it was. Right. And then you're not caught off guard. Um, right. and yeah, it's just the manga has proper foreshadowing. The anime doesn't have, really any
0: and the the manga also has the scene when they picked up dr sexton you see her like she is you see her body in the manga yes and then the this introduction between her and fleming and everybody else is like way later
1: oh yeah yeah i mean that's like towards the start of volume seven and to the reader it's towards the start of a volume because it's not like you knew that you knew she was around or at least you could surmise it pretty easily from the context and the foreshadowing. Whereas in the anime, it drops her in like, Oh, she's still alive. Uh, and the first time I watched it, I was like, what, what kind of dumb crap is this? <laughs> you know, it would be, um, oh, I don't remember a character's name, but, uh, y- you know, in, okay, no, I-, I know a better example here. Same movie. You know, in Star Wars episode whatever, eight, I think, yeah, uh, where Princess Leia is blown
2: out into space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the miraculous uh, she suddenly has force powers scene.
1: She's always had force powers, but uh, not well refined.
2: But different podcast topic.
1: <laughs> yeah. anyway, She's always been a new type. Um yeah, and then, and then I get confused about the old EU versus whatever. Um, yeah, like you said, different different thing altogether. But like, imagine you don't see her using her Jedi powers, and she just shows up later, and it's like, oh yeah, I use my <laughs> Jedi powers, and I'm fine, <laughs> right? Like, <Yeah. laughs> that's how it felt. Like it, as if it was something like that. It was just
0: mm. well, I mean, I think we'll probably feel the same way in the next episode of Star Wars where um, Darth Vader will just walk on, on scene.
1: I'm not looking forward to that at all.
0: I'm not looking forward to Palpatine being there. At oh, Wars. yeah, I forgot. We do have a more apt
1: <laughs> one. Oh. oh, man. Star Wars sucks now. Anyway. Uh, different podcast altogether.
0: Yeah, so the Feds and the South Seas Alliance are fighting while the Xeon troops are trying to get away. Again, keep in mind, in the manga, these events are completely unrelated. Uh, The the South Seas basically blow up a bunch of stuff and create a bunch of fog to make it hard for the Federation forces to fight. Uh, And then we zoom back to um, emo haircut guy, and... He's magically a new type now. We get our first new type flash of the s- series with him. He flashes and he says, shoot here, just trust me. I don't think he's magically
2: now one. I think he's, uh, like they kind of established in the beginning that he was one,
0: didn't they? Uh, not they, in the anime. Not yet, not in the anime. In the manga, hmm. um, he is... Uh,
1: he, it's a big part they, of his character.
0: They call him a, a new type but he basically cuts them off and says like I'm not a new type. Daryl is a new type. Uh, other people are new types. Like he, he 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 doesn't believe he is one.
1: He he's a really weak one that is it, it's like if Char didn't have such a big ego. Yeah.
0: yeah. If Char with an emo haircut and less of an ego. So it's yeah. oh
1: is it, is is he the other parent of what's his name from NT then? Because he's kind of got a similar haircut,
0: maybe <laughs> is he the That's other funny.
1: donor for the failed shark clone?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So emo haircut guy is a new type, um, but he he also he still believes that uh, Lorenz is a better new type than him. But I I don't. I guess we can have this discussion now. Is Lorenz a new type? Mm, not a. Not a
1: readily obvious one, and it's with what they do with Sojo Levanfu, where he, like, look, it's literal brainwashing. It's stupid. So you don't know. It's hard for me to tell if it's that whatever stupid crap, or if or if he is. I, I really don't know.
0: Yeah. So th- they've left. I mean because remember most of the po- most of the crew of White Base is supposed to be new types. So if if you go by that bar, I would buy the fact that uh Daryl is some level of new type.
1: I mean, it's Gundam, so I can just immediately buy any main character being a new type.
0: Yeah, but I but mean, if like, you put in, like, his skill set and everything like that, his ability to snipe from, like, super far away. Um, I mean, because uh, Lala did that, right?
1: Yeah, she had saikam weapons, though, so... But, like, I'm not arguing. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's very easily to say he is, and, and that'd be completely credible.
0: Alright, so Daryl gets their contact um as they're retreating, and um at the same time the cults get through the Federation defenses and an army of bald cult monks invade the uh ship. The the Spartan, right? Is that what it's called, or is that their order's name? They
1: invade the Spartans.
0: Spartans, right?
1: Spartan is the Pegasus class ship.
0: Yeah, th- is that what they're on though? Because it looks like a white base type ship that they're they, they invade.
1: I don't remember them invading, but I wouldn't. Yeah, think they get it's in. They remember,
0: they get into the ship as w- through the fog of war type thing, um, and then there's like a new type cult kid who gets pushed off of the ship, um, and all the same, all this time. Instead of being productive in battle e o is trying to find uh Claudia on the different like gliders um, and then we see a cult monk giving someone something and then getting his head blown apart.
1: yeah, I was totally zoned out by here, man. you're, <laughs> you're like
0: if Luke doesn't um, have anything
1: for you, you're on your own.
0: Alright. Uh yeah. Sorry, but so uh Daryl does some awesome stuff. He uses like a collapsed building on a bridge to launch the act guy using like some anti mine like Xeon goo, defensive goo. Um and then like as he's in the air with the act guy, he takes out the two um gms so like and, and this was weird because in the in the anime they were just like gms but in the manga they're like water type gms with like inflatable legs <laughs> yeah um,
1: it, um this is a really cool little scene and gotta give it to daryl i mean it takes skill to punk somebody with an act guy and he's he is doing this right now we haven't seen this since the ms team somebody punking somebody with an at guy and even then it was just karen so uh, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: and I think we I think we ranked Karen as the worst of all of the 08 MS team pilots. So she's not yeah, very good in terms good. of her
2: record. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, seems like a seems like a very nice girl, but not
2: a uh, super great pilot. Yeah. Well, her entire piloting good. like focus came from my husband died so I guess I'll do his job now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Competent
0: at
2: everything
1: except that.
0: Um, so Daryl does, or not, not Daryl. Eo does eventually find Claudia and right before he can get her, um, new type kid who had been pushed off of the the ship finds Io and wraps him around and shocks him. Oh, Chow Ming. Chow Ming. Sorry, I'm terrible with Chinese names. Um,
1: I mean it's such a lazy name that you know I kinda
0: yeah. um <laughs> uh, if, yeah, Ameri- so,
1: if an American wrote that it would be like come on really
0: Yeah What's so like name, name? Claudia, Claudia freaks out at this point. She's like, No, because I guess she recognizes Daryl. Um
1: She recognizes Daryl but she's also close oh, oh, sorry, Eo.
0: I'm sorry, I keep missing. Oh yeah.
1: Um she recognizes Eo but she is also close with Chao
0: yeah um yeah she didn't want them to fight and luckily Daryl didn't die um EO didn't die <laughs> um yeah so we kind of at this point flashed to the old lady from the beginning of the show who's kind of been in, in the um in the ship with Daryl and the rest of the Federation crew and um She knew that Claudia was still alive, apparently, and she very specifically used EO to freak her out, according to Old Lady. Uh, we also find out that Old Lady used to run a new type lab, and she made this one guy crazy when she was testing for new types, and this guy used his psychic new type powers to start... <laughs> Like, I can't even read this. It's so bad. Yeah.
1: Well, look, I'll just say this. Like, because I was just thinking a minute ago, how are we still podcasting about this damn movie? And and then I realized this is the part in the movie where I go, how is this still running? How is this on?
2: Has it really been an hour?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, oh, here's all the exposition and context we didn't give you in the rest of the movie at the end of the movie. All these people are doing these things because they're brainwashed, dude. If you wanted to use Serpentor, just get motherfucking Serpentor, Serpentor out from GI Joe. He's way cooler than Sojan Levin Fu, who is just some bald guy with bad tattoos and crappy Gundams, and is the worst Gundam villain by a mile. He he muddies the waters. He has the he just grinds the whole story to a halt. He sucks and Thunderbolt is much
0: worse for him. Fair. <laughs> <There. laughs> uh, but we do see that he has the Psycho Zaku. Yeah,
1: he never puts any fucking armor on it before he sends it into battle.
0: <laughs> well, he doesn't send it into battle in this, in this show. I know, yeah. This is like the manga that came out like a week ago that happened two weeks ago. Whatever. Yeah, so the, the whole motivation appears to be at this point based off the manga and the anime is both the Federation and the Zeon remnants want to get the Psycho Zaku back the end. But well, not the end because Psycho cult owns Psycho Zaku. Right. Is that, is that the basic gist of things? Yeah. Oh, pretty yeah. Much. Or has it
1: <laughs> pretty much? So one of the things that you just don't get much of a glimpse into in this, if any at all is, the rest of the Zeon remnant force other than Daryl and his little group. Um, and uh, cause I think that's the piece of the puzzle that is the weirdest here is you're seeing them doing things in this operation, but you don't get any glimpse of the slightly larger organization that they're in. Uh, and I feel like maybe they're just going to skip all that stuff. Um, we can talk about that as we get into future episodes of the manga you know, speculate if they continue the anime, what they may cover or what they might not. Um, so maybe that's why they don't. But in that wider context, yeah, those Zeon forces are like, well, we need them because those are ours, and and we're going to use them to. Oh um, well, yeah, I but mean, they don't have the student Zeon. Yeah, and then you learn that you know the cult has. <laughs> golly, this is also a GI Joe villain plan. This is is also a fucking Cobra plan. Like, they want to use the Sikuzakus to send them to space to capture the super laser from the end of the war that Garen made that was never used again so that they could shoot Anaheim Electronics on the moon. (laughs) That's the plot. I didn't make it up.
0: (sighs) Oh, Thunderbolt, how you started as one of the best... Shows in Gundam and very quickly fell. So it's
2: kind of funny because um, December Sky was is like hands down my favorite piece of Universal Century hands down. And then Bandit Flower is like, yeah, it's there.
1: Yeah, it. If they continue it, that might help it. But the way it's dangling out there where December Sky is not only so good but stands alone really well. Uh if they don't yeah if they don't keep animating this at all, I think Bandit Flowers stands out as as really pretty in parts, and it has some there are some scenes in here that are just gorgeous that I could just watch over and over, and they're wonderful. Uh but the total package it doesn't come together here at yeah. all. So it's almost like this needs a sequel or maybe two. Uh, and maybe they're waiting to see how long the manga runs and where it ends up.
0: Yeah. I've I've read somewhere that there is a end plan for the manga. Like it is not one of those that's going to go on for a lot longer, uh, it, but I don't think it's over quite yet. It, if this
1: goes past volume 15, I'll be surprised. Okay. Because I think they're out. I think the thirteen is out in Japan. Yep, is four. I don't think fourteen is because I don't believe it is no. Yeah, this thing just came back from hiatus in December. Yeah, yeah it took so a, it took a 11, long
0: break. Eleven and twelve have come out fairly recently. Um, I don't know if there's a schedule for thirteen yet uh i'm looking at the wikipedia and it's not it's not
2: listed with a there's no date listed on there but then again they also don't have a date for 12 and that came out like this week so
1: i can say this much uh i'll probably keep ordering these from my local comic shop because the condition of volume 12 like the physical condition of the book is so much better than ordering it off of amazon it's insane but it's fair uh So it's, yeah, oh no, I had to pay $5 more and the book is immaculate instead of, you know, being tossed around in a flimsy envelope on the way here. Um, So uh, they allow you, like, so you don't turn in a pull list to them. They are partnered with some company that provides an app or or a website that you just log into and order stuff. Uh, And I cannot order uh, volume 13, yeah, it is not listed. Um, the only Gundam manga listed right now is the Wing Glory of the Losers uh, Volume 14, which I think is the last one of that, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yep. Yeah, I would... The way it's going in that and the way 12 ended, man, there can't be... If, if they stretch it beyond, like, a 15th volume, and even that I think would be a lot, um, then we're... We've really got some cobra plans happening.
0: <laughs> I and I think I think I talked about it in the chat. Like it, I feel like if somebody had this much new type crazy power, like where's Char in all of this? Because he was around in that time period. He was he was creeping around there. Yeah, he was he was around. Why wouldn't he be trying to do something here?
1: Because he's trying to bone him on.
0: That's true. That's true. I thought that was later,
1: dude. It's sharp. You don't ever know. <laughs> I mean, way later, you know. You don't know, and then Quest shows up, who's like half his age, and he's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> 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 All right, another great movie.
0: <laughs> in the next episodes, we will cover some of the manga. We'll we'll split it up and and put some posts out in the in the in the show notes on what mangas we're gonna. Cover um, over the next few episodes, so uh, look out for that. And um, you guys have anything else? The only thing I was going to ask is, uh,
2: Volume Twelve came out, and I know we're not really covering it yet, but is this the one where the art style changed? No, no that's it, changed it changed in eleven.
0: It changed in eleven.
2: How substantial
0: did. was it? Not? Yeah, it was. It was a little bit different in eleven.
1: I think the main difference, I. I I think the main difference is the human characters. Mm-hmm. Um, they're drawn. Uh, it's a little bit more cartoony, but I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, I, I noticed overall there's a little bit less detail, and I think that's because the, the artist basically has like, are like repetitive stress injury or something like that. And I Yeah, think he, he has
2: like... some problem with his dominant hand, so I think he's drawing it left-handed now
1: yeah no, I mean, I know I'm totally cool with the change in art because it's like I mean, hey, the guy has a physical condition, like whatever, I can't begrudge that like it's
0: yeah. it yeah. still looks good it's, yeah, mm-hmm. like Thunderbolt is one of the best drawn um mangas I've seen in a long time. um, it gets not as good as it is it starts off as but okay, whatever, like <laughs> all right, anything else, yeah. All right. Well, feel free to reach out to us at Newtype Flash Pod. Uh, all of our uh, Twitter handles are in the bio there, or join us on uh, Reddit for discussion. Uh, until next time. Oh,
1: I, I have one last thing, and then really we'll go. Thunderbolt is not an alternate universe. Stop it. Stop it. That's not true. It was never true. It's it's the Gundam version of like rebuild as a sequel at
0: this point. You just make yourself look silly. Stop. <laughs> and okay. and if if you want to argue with Scotty, feel free, but you better source it. I mean, you can argue you're just wrong. I, that's why I say if if you want to argue, <laughs> source it. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks guys. Have a good one.